0: the biggest challenge that people run into is investments, scaling your team, headcount, getting the new projects, right? That's the standard ops dilemma you run into.
1: Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our bi-weekly podcast episode here at Modern Business Operations. Today, I'm joined by Venkatesh Iyer, the head of business operations at Facebook. Hey, Venkatesh, how's it going?
0: Going well. Thank you for having me on this podcast. How are you doing, Brianna?
1: I'm good. Can't complain. I haven't talked to you in a while. Have you been?
0: I've been well, you know, working from home, living the same dream as 2020. (laughs) Uh, Work is ever busy. Have a toddler who is growing up running around. How old? He turned three in August.
1: Oh, well, happy birthday to him. Gosh, yeah, we haven't spoken since I guess the summer, so lots changed.
0: For sure, for sure, lots changed, I know. How are you doing?
1: Tonkin is good. Yeah, we raised our series B this summer, so things have been pretty crazy since then. The latest development on the Tonkin side is we just brought on a former VP of sales at UiPath to run our sales team. Mm -hmm yeah, the track of the company is looking pretty solid at this point. So I'm excited about that.
0: I recently met my MBA school colleague, Jeff Wang. So we had a graduation ceremony at Berkeley. So I met him. I met also Brett, one of the folks, of my colleagues who works for Tonkin. So heard lots of great things. So I follow you guys on LinkedIn. So amazing stuff.
1: Good. Glad to see it. Yeah. Brett and, and Jeff are integral to, to the company's yeah, success. So absolutely. glad y'all are connected. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm always happy to chat with you. I know it's a, a very exciting time in Facebook. I imagine you can't talk about much in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot, but I can. I can speak about my role. I can speak about general stuff. What can I talk about?
1: Perfect, yeah. Well, we're here to talk about ops anyway, but just wanna get that out of the way for the folks on the call. I know it's an exciting time for Facebook, Venkatesh works there, but we're gonna be chatting about ops today and ops only. Today's topic is sort of scaling your operation strategy and, and taking the time to zoom out. A lot of ops professionals that I talk to in the adaptive ops community struggle with this. They struggle with getting stuck in the weeds. It's very common in operations for this to occur. And especially as leaders, mm-hmm. it can be difficult to sort of take that big picture lens. So I kind of want to dive into that topic for the next 30 minutes and get your yeah. perspective on it. Yeah. So at the moment, you're, you're running business planning and ops at Facebook after running global sales strategy at Salesforce. But let's start at the beginning. How did you get into ops in the first place?
0: I started my career with consulting like years ago, and I always had a passion for data. I was fortunate enough to be exposed to the business side of things as part of my consulting gigs. So I always had that business context in terms of what problem are we trying to solve with data? And I kind of liked that intersection of being deeper into the weeds of understanding the mechanics or the ops, but having that broader business context. I was also you know, privy to an opportunity to do a consulting gig with Salesforce prior to me taking on a full-time role where I worked in the sales and go-to-market strategy operations team. That was like my first introduction to, to an industry, you know, specific ops team and an ops function. And what I really liked about the role is that it was very multifaceted. I could wear multiple hats. I could wear my analytics hat. I could wear my programs and process hat. I could wear more of a longer-term strategic thinking had. And I kind of liked that sweet spot where every single day seemed very different, which eventually you know, helped me convince myself that, hey, here is the career path I want to take, and I want to do something in the field of ops. Little did I know how vast this whole space of operations is, and little is it known widely in the industry. And, and over the years, you you develop that knowledge. What I have been working for the most part at, in my career in Salesforce is sales operations, so sales strategy sales of with your primary stakeholders being the sales leadership so that's how my my journey into ops and and through ops has been and today at facebook i do a different flavor of ops so i support ops for a product organization so my stakeholders are the the ads product teams the ads product marketing teams and we run ops enablement and programs for them So classic use cases that we solve for are, hey, we as a company, let's say, stand for brand safety. What does it mean from a product perspective? What does it mean from a revenue perspective? Here are some 10 products we want to push to market to accelerate growth. What does that mean from a go-to-market perspective? What does that mean from a revenue, from a top-line KPI perspective? So we look at all of those levers around accelerating the right products to market, which is a very product-focused ops piece of work versus at Salesforce, enterprise SaaS, all of my ops engagement were focused on, hey, here is a sales leader, or here is a set of sales leaders. Here is what they are responsible for driving. How do we build programs to make sure they are successful? What have their revenue attainment progress been? How do we help them get right back on the trajectory? So very different types of lenses, which is a segue to the remaining part of our conversation, which is like ops is vast. It's big.
1: I like what you said about you always had a passion for data and then you also had the knowledge on the business side and that prepared you for operations. I think a huge part of operations is the marrying of of that interest in being in the weeds, but also having a lens on the business. Why did you make the decision to go from sales ops to more on the product side? Two specific reasons. So
0: Salesforce increasingly started making a significant amount of bets in scaling their sales ops and has been like a market leader. During my time at Salesforce, there were lots of companies who used to turn to us for us to impart best practices. So I I was fortunate enough to come across this opportunity at Facebook, which was a very different flavor of ops. And I wanted to like give that a shot, especially because it was a much bigger scale. It It was a very new business model. And I had never heard about ops for product or product marketing. So it was time to try out something new and I'm really liking it. It's complex. It's challenging. There's a lot of newness to figure out on an on an everyday basis. So what I was saying is during my time at Salesforce, you know, we as a company made a pretty significant amount of investments in scaling and getting sales ops right. Be it sales planning, be it, you know, the analytics underpinning sales, the way we go to market with our with our sales model. And a lot of companies used to talk into us to understand what those best practices looks like. So I was part of this transformational journey where we really got sales planning right every single time year over year. There were tons of challenges. That's a separate topic to talk about. But I will just focus on the good side of sales planning, which is, hey, I had a ton of learning experience. So after having spent like five years with Salesforce, it was time for me to think about something different that I want to like get exposed to. I was getting too comfortable. That was like one of the reasons why I wanted to try out, shake myself up and try something very new. An opportunity at Facebook came through at that point, And I had never heard of ops for a product organization. Coincidentally, at that point of time, I was like in the middle of my program at business school. So I had an opportunity to take a lot of academic related classes, you know, ads monetization or B2C e-commerce. And I was like, okay, I want to try this very new business model different from enterprise SaaS. And I also very new ops model different from sales ops. That's what made me think about my journey from Salesforce to a very different company. And it's been great. It's very challenging. There is something new every single day. And I do feel that I'm continuing to drive some impact and learning a ton every day.
1: Yeah, good. Well, I think most people listening in would agree that people don't get into ops to experience the same thing every day or to get comfortable, right? You want to change it up. That's why you choose that career. So let's just dive a little bit deeper into your time at Salesforce. What does managing go-to-market strategy and ops look like?
0: At the pinnacle of everything, it's very multiple hats. So typically what sales and go-to-market strategy entails, at least at Salesforce, is you are mapped to a set of stakeholders. So you work with a revenue generating stakeholder and you are responsible for basically enabling and making that stakeholder team successful. Be it building programs for them, such as, hey, how do I be more efficient with my account planning? here is my book of business, here are the customers that I need to pitch in these 10 products. Can you make me successful? Can you bring in efficiency to run the business, right? So that's one problem to solve for, which is like day-to-day running the business. The second problem that we need to solve for is, okay, how do we scale this? How do we think about the future? For example, we may come across acquisition decisions, which means we'll have to roll in the products of the target company that we've acquired and add, incorporate that into the selling model. Or we have existing products, but we want to break ground into newer markets. Or we want to come up with newer pricing models for we have to work with our marketing and our pricing strategy teams. All of these require some sort of collective brain power thinking with the team. So there is existing solve for today, make things efficient, solve for the future. And then there is a very rigorous core to ops function around measuring performance, which is like the core analytics arm, which is, are we doing the right thing today? Are we tracking towards the goals today? Which is also something that you work with your business partners on. So in a nutshell, running sales and go-to-market strategy is a very multifaceted, each day is very different. Each problem statement you pick is very different. But in the end, what makes the model tight and connected is that you are working with a specific set of stakeholders The caveat over there is there's secret recipe to plug and play of the principles There are playbooks on ops. But given it's heavily, heavily dependent on a set of stakeholders, there is a very big people element that we shouldn't be discounting. So if you are working for one vertical, let's say if you're supporting the health and life sciences VP at Salesforce and doing sales strategy for that vertical, Picking that up and putting that in financial services will get you to like 60%, will not get it to 100%. So there is always newer perspectives that a financial services vertical leader will bring to the table, and there needs to be some adaptation.
1: This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. Tonkin is the operating system for business operations, providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any
0: process with no code or change management required. Contact us at tonkin.com to learn how you can build Complex processes fast.
1: And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. That's a great segue into what we want to talk about today, which is sort of scaling and getting out of the weeds, right? So... I think a lot of people fall into the typical ops trap of getting stuck in the weeds and sort of unable to zoom out and focus on their strategy. So how do you suggest people take that first step in tackling these, these larger ops concerns? As a follow-up
0: to my prior point, I would say the easiest way to start is with start with your stakeholder. Ops is a very broad bucket. There are lots of challenges to solve for. And if you write Document any of this, you will go into like multiple directions. The easiest direction and the most influential direction to start for is start with your stakeholder, understand their vision, understand what makes them successful, understand what their pain points are. And then you may want to like divide and conquer your time based on hey, here are the certain things that I want to like keep doing, here are the certain things I want to like start doing, here are the certain things I want to like stop doing. And then depending on the bandwidth, I would encourage people to have a very healthy mix on making strides on all these three fronts so that you get planning right and you get execution or sort of the operations right. That will then open up avenues into uncovering some of the gaps. So for example, in terms of like start doing, it could be something like net new infra or a CRM investment or like a tooling investment or a reporting investment. That would open up avenues for conversations with let's say your internal IT teams. In terms of stop doing, it would be something like a very reactive, sales-driven account data quality review, right? It's very cumbersome, which you can stop doing, and then you can lean in on other mechanisms, which will like kind of force your thinking. And in terms of continue doing, hey, we've got our territory modeling, right. let's just do what we are doing. Let's not you know, make radical changes to it. So by starting with your stakeholder, I think you have a very defined problem statement and you won't be going into a rabbit hole or or in circles. So I would encourage people to like, really be very specific on the problem you're trying to solve with the, the existing bandwidth you have.
1: How often do you think people should sort of implement the start, stop, continue methodology? A
0: reasonable timeframe is every half. I would say a couple of times a year. So don't go too crazy and don't have a much bigger gap because one year is a pretty significant gap in terms of the whole momentum that you have with the company. Six months is reasonable. One quarter is too short. I mean, by the time you have conversations, you at least like put your head around, it's like two months. And then you have like four months to make like some amount of meaningful progress. And then it's time for next half. And then you can make continuous strides.
1: And depending on the size of your company, so much can change within those six months that you might have to completely start from scratch yeah okay and do you have a team i do okay and what do you look for when hiring for ops roles like what skills should people on this call be honing or the people that are managing teams what skills should they be looking for
0: the biggest skill set that i look for is storytelling and comms like how well are you able to articulate a problem statement or a solution across multiple audiences because ops is a very central function There are different types of stakeholders, there are different levels of stakeholders, and you need to basically modulate your response based on whom you're talking to, right? So although the what we do is very important, what becomes very critical when you evolve the success of an ops team is the how we do. And a big part of how we do is how we communicate, how we show up, how we make it very simple for an exec to digest the outcomes of ops, how we make it very compelling for a team of stakeholders to invest in ops, the biggest challenge that people run into is investments, scaling your team, headcount, getting the new projects, right? That's the standard ops you run into. Some people get stuck around in the back end and say, hey, I do a lot of important work, but I don't come in the limelight. I don't get investments. I'd see no career path to grow. One way of overcoming that is how well are you able to articulate the business value of what you're driving? So which is why every time I hire a new team member, I look for that how how they communicate. So I ask a lot of our discussions are based on some scenarios. We talk about situations where the team might have helped drive something meaningful for the company. So just tell me like what was your role, like how you approached it, right? So that's like the one big thing I look for. A few other things that I also look for is basically some examples of situations where the team members have worn multiple hats Obviously, there is only so much you can gauge during interviews and conversations, but at least examples in this case help. And also a couple of strong examples on do you understand your own business? It's not important for you to understand our business because that's something that you will will ramp up on and we have tons of help to, to give you. But do you at least get your business? Do you know your metrics? Do you know your programs? That sends a very strong signal that this person is vested not only in just building and shipping and and, and just moving away but really like gets it so that it paves the way for them to proactively suggest improvements and ideas
1: i mean there's so many answers you could have given to that and i love that you mentioned the ability to communicate effectively as an ops professional because i think that resonates with anybody listening that if you cannot get the right stakeholders involved in your project then it will never take off right and I think everyone's run into that problem where you might not get sales on board or you might not get product on board. So I think that's that's super key and really glad you mentioned that.
0: If I may take two minutes, there are a few questions coming through. I would like to address them just for a quick couple of minutes. I think Donald Moore and Robert Booth are, are two of our guests who have some questions. So let me just go through them one by one, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Take it away. Cool. Sure. So Donald has a question, folks, that I have a very small team and a large workload of ops requests to manage. What's your advice on prioritization of projects? I will touch upon this into three specific parts. First and foremost, have a pretty strong understanding of where these workload, you know, pieces of workload come from and then categorize them in terms of smaller asks versus bigger asks, right? There are smaller asks which are really quick let's say in the world of data, it could be a really small piece of data analysis, which you can like ship around in a couple of hours. Larger asks are mostly like projects, which require research, which require you to tap into multiple teams. So categorize the workload that your team spends on the type of us. Secondly, put together a very strong SLA model for both these categories, which is what I always do, because a big part of what I do is like some ad hoc analytics support. So I put in very strong guardrails in terms of, here is the list of stuff we support on a, from a bigger scale perspective, here is a list of support from a smaller scale perspective, and here is our SLA. Whether it's 72 hours, whether it's a week, like you need to put documentation in place, And third thing that I would encourage is don't shy away from being proactive in terms of what you can communicate. You need to have an active voice on the table with your stakeholders and say, hey, folks, here is what we can do. We cannot do more than this. If you want us to do more than this, here is what will slip below the line. So having a very assertive communication voice on the table is going to help you prioritize your projects. Donald has another question. What are you most excited about in terms of the future of operations post pandemic? I'm most excited about learning the unknowns because this is a model that we have never seen in the past. There is no playbook for operating under a pandemic. The whole notion of sales ops and biz ops has been very new. It's being now spoken about. And again, it's right being spoken about at the time where we have a pandemic. I'm excited about the evolution of ops, like the learning that it comes with ops. The second thing that I'm also sort of excited about, I have mixed feelings about this, by the way. I love going into the office and I love meeting people in person. That's my preference. However, what I'm excited about is how connected, how more tightly connected distributed teams of ops are as a result of post pandemic and how there is suddenly more efficiency with teams that are distributed, which was never there in the past. So I'm excited about tighter synergy that you can work with colleagues regardless of their geographical locations. Although with a caveat that I still like, meeting people. So that's I will put that aside. And then I think Robert Booth has the last question. This might be a very broad question to answer succinctly. I would be interested in knowing what technologies that you believe will play a big role in transforming or modernizing general ops over the coming years. It's a broad question. I can speak to the two ops functions that I have been working with. From a sales ops perspective, I think investing in your CRM is number one. Getting the systems that your salespeople transact on a day-to-day basis to a point that makes their job efficient, that's the technology that you want to invest in. How do we make sure they have a very strong understanding of the metrics, forecasting, account intelligence, contact intelligence, getting the data quality right? So investing in in the sales CRM for sales ops is like the biggest piece of feedback that we'll always receive from sales around sales productivity. On the product side, I would say invest in data science capabilities, invest in technologies that help you forecast product performance, product adoption, incremental revenue from specific products or programs. So on the product side, you have a very different set of futuristic challenges for which you may want to invest in technologies. So CRM on the sales side, in the nutshell, and data science and data modeling capabilities from a technology perspective on the product side. All right. So those are the three questions for you, Brianna.
1: Awesome. Thank you for answering those. We're running out of time here. So I'll just ask one more question here. We like to ask at the end of every podcast, this is the state of business operations after all, what actually is the state of business ops in your opinion right now?
0: I'll be very upfront. It's inconsistent. There are different types of business operations model that exist in the industry. There are centralized models. There are decentralized models. There are hybrid models. And every company, depending on their size, depending on their product, their market momentum, their customers, adopt one or multiple of these models, right? So if you look at the state of business operations, for a company like Facebook, it's a very centralized model. We have a very, we have a central ops function. If you look at Salesforce, we had a very decentralized model for sales ops where, because, you know, given the nature of the business, we were heavily anchored on sales operations as our biggest piece of ops overall so each sales team used to lead their own ops function so sales ops was very very distributed versus at facebook it's centralized you know tooling and product planning and operations are all like more central and that works for a company like us so to answer your question so there are playbooks on how what these models mean but there isn't a playbook on what you should adopt There is general guidance on, hey, here is what things you need to be aware of. But if you ask me the state of ops, it's fairly decentralized in terms of its consistency. The second point that I would point out, it's far less known, too. It's great that we are talking about this, but I encourage, if if there are ops leaders on this call, I encourage you to talk about this. So the more we talk about this, the more ops gets known, the more people understand how critical of a function ops is. And the more people understand how critical is it to get ops right, how to get ops efficient. So the state of business ops, again, is it's less known. It needs to be more known.
1: I love that. Great note to end it on. Venkatesh, it's always exciting to talk to you. I could talk to you for another hour, but I know you have a busy day. So thank you for coming. And for everyone who wants to find out how to find more about you online, where should they look? Just go to my LinkedIn and drop me a note. That's awesome.
0: That's a good way. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and the team, Brianna. More than glad to tap into future opportunities like these to connect.
1: Yeah, we'll stay in touch. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkin.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes.